Open up to 1 John chapter 4. We've been learning about God's love in, in 1 John, and, and the, like we said in the last couple studies, is that John mentions love 30 times in chapters, uh, uh, really, 4 and 5, the last, actually chapter 3 and 4. And we looked at the example of love that Jesus set before us, right? That his sacrificial death on the cross, and because of his love toward us, if we really accept it, if we really believe in him, it ought to change us, right? Our, our lifestyle, our, our way of everything about us and our actions, right? And the things that we speak and our, our motive and our attitude, everything should be changed. And, and, and we should be now putting the interest of others above our own. And, and because our confidence is toward the Lord, in whatever we do or don't do, we talked about last time. And also our prayers uh, will be in line with God's will uh, when we're in his love, when we're dwelling with him, we're abiding in him, and if we're living according to his word. And so today we're going to see why the Holy Spirit is a part of our theme of love. Because you see love throughout this whole book, and then all of a sudden it's talking about the Spirit, and, and, and I'll, we'll get to that. So let's just jump into our text here, and then we'll go back to verse 1, and then we'll start all over there. Uh, look at verse 1 of First John chapter 4. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and by this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now, and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. And we are of God, he who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So these six verses, you know, when you read it for the first time, after you just got done reading First John chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, and then you jump into chapter 4 and you're like, yeah, I don't know if that goes there. But as you keep reading, you understand that that's fit perfectly where it should be because uh, although love is not mentioned in the six verses that we just read but the word spirit is mentioned in these six verses in fact it's mentioned eight times uh, in our text today and that word spirit by the way it's it's linked to the previous verse in verse look at chapter 3 verse 24 chapter 3 verse 24 now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him and by this we know that he uh, abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us notice in verse 1 beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits. Look down at verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God, and every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Notice in verse 3. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the Spirit of the Antichrist. Notice, uh, jump down to verse 6. And we are of God... He who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of the truth and the spirit of error. So remember, as you're reading through, uh, you know, through the Bible, there's those chapter and verse divisions. Understand that those weren't there in the original Hebrew and the original Greek. The, the original was just all one text, right? And so they broke it down for us and it helps us with our memorization of scripture. And thus we have it right here kind of broken up. But understand uh, that last week when we were, or Wednesday we were talking about verse 24. This is the same theme of love, right? It's not changing the theme at all. It's not ending when it ended the chapter. It's continuing on the same thought that he's talking about from chapter 3 verses 16. 
16 to 24, it's a continuous thought happening right here. So, um, which is the byproduct of love. We have the Holy Spirit, right, in our lives. And, and we've been given the Spirit. And the Spirit, who's the Spirit? Well, according to chapter 4, and we'll learn this uh, uh, later on at some point, that God is love, right? So we, we have love. And John takes this idea of the Spirit, and he applies it to two things. The Spirit, according to verse 6 at the end there, uh, the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. So, uh, Notice this word spirit, right? Pneuma, that's the word right here, mentioned 388 times in the New Testament. And it's in our, it's where we get our English word pneumatic. And it means breath or to blow. And there's six things that I learn about this word spirit, kind of broke it up here. First, it refers to the Holy Spirit. Look back at chapter 3, verse 24. Notice in verse 24 at the end right there, it says, And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit, the third person, right? It's speaking of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, He, the Spirit of truth. In fact, that's the same word used in 1 John chapter 4, verse 6, that says the spirit of truth. And so this is the Holy Spirit. Secondly, God has a spirit. Understand, back in Genesis, you guys remember prior to the flood, um, you know, man's heart was continually evil before the Lord. They did what was ever right in their own eyes, just like in the day of uh, the judges. And uh, you know, the sons of God were coming into the daughters of men, and it was just crazy. It was evil. It was a dark, dark history of in mankind. And, and God said in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, he said, My spirit shall not always uh, uh, strive with man. So God has a spirit, and he's not always going to strive with man. Thus the flood came, right? We knocked them out. And... Thirdly, God is, well, God is spirit. God is spirit. God not only has the spirit, but God is spirit. In John chapter 4, verse 24, the Bible says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, Fourthly, Angels are called spirits, by the way. So when we're talking about spirits, you got to know what the context is right here, right? Well, these angels, they're spirit beings. And Psalm 104, uh, verse 4, it says, Who makes his angels, speaking of God's angels, spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits. So all of the angels are all ministering spirits. There's not one that's just a warrior, sword, archangel that says, I'm sorry, I don't minister, I just fight, right? (laughs) They all minister, and they're sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. And that's a question. But they dwell with man. You know, we, we can't see them Although I think they do take on human form, that's my own thoughts. According to Genesis, uh, Hebrews talks about it as well, um, and how you know we entertain angels, you know, unknowingly, and uh, so there's a lot more I could go off into that area. But let's come to the fifth thing. There are also on clean spirits. There's unclean spirits. These are the bad angels. These are the demons, right? Mark chapter 5 verse 8, speaking of legion, legion was called an unclean spirit. And in Acts chapter 19 verse 15, they're called evil spirits. In Revelation chapter 16 verse 14, they're called demonic spirits. And, and clearly there is a spiritual realm as it pertains to angels. And you and I are in, well, we're, we're in the same world, right? When this world has different realms, and it's very interesting. There, so there's good angels, there's bad angels. When Satan got kicked out of heaven, right? Whoa, he fell from heaven. 
uh, a third of the angels fell with him, and two-thirds, so two-thirds are the good and one-third are the bad, and which I'm, they praise the Lord for that, right? But either way, God is still in complete control no matter what. And in Psalms, uh, it says that uh, they encamp around those who fear him. Very interesting about the angels. Um, but let's come to the sixth thing here. We have a spirit. So you and I, we have a spirit. And according to Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And the Bible makes it very clear that we are made up of body, soul, and spirit. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, Now may the, the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we all have a spirit, speaking about this word spirit. And there's two more things to mention about this idea of the spirit, and it's found in, look at verse 6 again. Uh, at the end of verse 6, notice it says, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So John was dealing with two aspects of the spirit, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, right? And there are two commands. Let's go back to verse 1. So I just wanted to take care of that idea of when we say spirit, uh, of what spirit, right? Are we talking about the spirit of the whole nation, right? Or, or a people or one mind of one spirit, right? Or what are we talking about? So uh, there you go. Uh, but there's two commands that are given to us that John gives us in verse 1. In verse uh, 1, it, it, the first thing is don't believe every spirit. That's the first command. Don't believe every spirit. We are commanded not to believe what everybody says, and, and it's a command to stop believing what everybody is saying. In other words, it's, it's as if you are already listening and believing what people are saying. And John is saying, stop, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't say stop if you're not already doing it. So John commands us to stop believing everything you see, everything you hear, everything, you know, that, that comes your way. Don't take what people say as, as Bible, you know, and, and Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15, it says, The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. And you see, it's the simple that who will believe in anything that anybody says, because they're lazy to study, to show themselves approved, right? To be diligent, to get into the word of God for themselves, that's the simple that are not willing to do that. And, and we are not to believe what anyone says. It might be a spirit of error. It might be a false prophet. You know, and it might be the spirit of the Antichrist himself. So don't even believe me for anything that I say, right? You, as the body of Christ... You don't just take what your pastor says, you take it to the scriptures, right? You take it to the word of God. And so that brings us to our second command, and we are to test every spirit, all the spirit, right? Any spirit that comes our way. Notice in verse 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit. There it is. Secondly, but test the spirits. So test everything and test everything that everyone says. Behind every human is a spirit and either the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. And behind every spirit is the head, either God or the devil, right? You're serving someone and thus the test test the spirit behind the teacher to see whether they are of God or not, right? So the word test, by the way, is mentioned 23 times in the New Testament, and it carries the idea to discern, to examine, uh, to scrutinize. And, you know, the reason you and I are to test everyone and everything, it's found in verse 1. Go back to verse 1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, 
but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's why. So why should we test what everyone says? Well, a lot of false teachers are out there. A lot of false prophets are out there. And, and many of these false prophets have gone out into the world, right? And, and, uh, I don't think I have to get too far into this with you guys. You guys are very well equipped. You guys are very well fed and trained here, right, in the the Word. And as far as being aware of your surroundings, um, I think Pastor Dwight does a great job in keeping us all, you know, alert, you know, and and just aware of when these things come our way of these, you know, so-and-so from this radio station or from this TV station or this pastor, he, he warns us about them because he loves you guys. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't warn you, right? Those who are not warning you, they're like, no, just come and share in our, we're going to devour you anyways. That's, <laughs> it's almost what they're saying. Um, but um, but there's a lot of false teachings going around. So these guys, they're, they're smooth, right? They sound so good, and, and, and they sound like they, they teach with conviction, it seems. And, and they're so sincere, they're nice, they're genuine, they're, um, they're you know, it, it just seems like their arguments are bulletproof, and they just got it all together, right? They, 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 well, they're dressed nice, right? <laughs> But they don't look like false prophets, right? They don't look like false teachers. They have that look of like, wow, I want to listen to that guy, right? And, but don't believe them. Don't, don't believe me. Test them. Because that's what the word of God just commanded you as a believer, right? So they don't, it, it, just keep an eye on them. In fact, go to 1 John chapter 2, about a page over. 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 26, 1 John chapter 2, verse 26. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. There you go. There is their goal. That's their goal. They're trying to deceive you, and they're, they're trying to bring you into a pit that you might fall into it. That then they, they can go and devour you, right? Um, and, and that's what a lot of um, predators do. Matthew 24, verse 24, Jesus said, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders. For what? To deceive you, if possible, even the elect. That is sad. We need to be careful. Clearly, we need to be careful as the body of Christ. Now, well, there's two things we're going to look at about testing every spirit. Um, and notice, and it's in verse 1, and notice who should be doing the testing, by the way. If you read over this really fast, you probably won't catch it, but read it very slowly here. Who should test the spirits? Notice in verse 1, go back to First John 4. Beloved, speaking of the believers, we are called to do the testing. We are called to do the watch out, right? The world doesn't need to be called to do any of this because they don't, they're already deceived. They're already in the world, right? They love their own. They hear their own. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Each and every one of us are commanded to not believe everyone, but test everyone, right? This is not up to the pastor to do, by the way. Um, don't think the pastor will do all the work for you. Then uh, that's that's far from the truth. By the way, that since you're you're commanded, you are commanded, and if you disobey, it's like disobeying the Ten Commandments. What happens when you're disobeying the Word of God? It means it's sin. It's a sin for you not to be diligent and to study the Word of God and to uh, 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 test the spirits, right? And so when you rely on the pastor to do the testing for you, uh, then what you're doing is you're relying on man, you're trusting in man. What happens with that? You become lethargic, you become lazy, you become complacent, you become slothful. And then uh, you'll, you'll fall into this trap of what? That you were just warned of, of being deceived. That's why John says, guys, wake up, do the work yourself, be examined the scriptures yourself, lest you be deceived is the idea. But since... Uh, Notice, if, if you're allowing the pastor, um, and, and you're, you're, we're safe here, but nonetheless, even myself, I don't even trust myself. I want to trust the word of God, right? But if you give yourself over to the pastor to do all the research for you, if you are giving yourself to a pastor who is a wolf, and you know what that pastor is going to do? is going to lead you to a pit 
you're going to fall, and then, boom, you're done for, right? Because you didn't take heed to the word of God yourself. Guys, it's a personal relationship with Christ. And I know I'm not even saying this for everybody in here. I'm looking at everybody, and you guys are all, most of you guys are all, you guys are mature in your walks with the Lord. So hopefully this is for somebody out there in that world, right? <laughs> Who will listen to this later on. But um, notice false teachers, they're going to they're gonna give you whatever they want, right? And they're going to, it's like, the, it's almost like when you're hunting for a bear, what do you do? You put out the, the, the food out there, right? And then you feed them and you feed them and they keep coming back to one spot. And then eventually, what does the hunter do? Gets up in a tree when he's ready to hunt for that, that bear. Boom, he's got the bear, right? Because the bear came over, keeps getting its treats, you know, feels safe, feels comfortable. And then push. And that's exactly what these false teachers do. They come and they speak very good truth. They, they, got, they got strong. They hit the podium, right? The, ah! <laughs> and they're speaking good stuff, but it's that 1% that they throw out there that they're trying to get you. And they're very smooth at doing that. And how can you catch that? It's by the word of God, right? And that's how we all grow. Look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. It says, and we desire that each one of you, so each one of you, show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, that you don't become lazy, right? But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. This is encouraging for me. You know, continue to look to Paul, continue to look to John, continue to look to those who serve the Lord well. They were faithful to the very end. Let them be that example to you. And I, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? And secondly, let's, let's come to our second thing here is how should you and I test? How should you and I evaluate or determine, uh, the spirits? If, if, if people are speaking the truth, or if they're speaking in air, right? How do we know that if we're, you know, they're a true teacher or they're a false teacher? Go back to First John chapter 4. Um, one way is through the word of truth itself. The word of truth itself. His word should be the binoculars, if you will, to see every detail, right? To see, look out there and to evaluate whether it's true or not. It's through the word of God. And John chapter 17, 17, Jesus said, your word is truth. It's the truth of the word of God. And that's what we stand by, right? If you guys want to know the spirit of truth, Use the word of truth, right? Just makes sense. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, it says to test all things, hold fast what is good. And question, how do we test all things? Is it by how we think? Is it by how we feel? Certainly not, right? Um, no, we need to base the, uh, the truth upon well, the word of God, because the word of God is the, our truth. And when Paul was on his second missionary uh, journey there in Acts chapter 17, he left Thessalonica, he went to Berea. What happened there? It says in Acts seventeen eleven that they tested every word that he said. They brought it back to the word of God. Notice that these were more fair-minded, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and search. So not only receive it to understand it, but take it back and study it to see whether it's true or not, right? And they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Friends, don't believe me or anybody else, but, but the word of God, right? Uh, and, and that's how we test whether the spirit is true or not based on the word of God. And secondly, the way you can test the spirits is by their commitment to the body of Christ. Their commitment to the body of Christ. Um, in 1 John, turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. Look at verse 19. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. It says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. It was evidence that they went out and they weren't even about us. They weren't of us. They weren't from us. John tested this spirit of error 
by realizing their commitment to the body of Christ. Hey, they were not committed to helping. They weren't committed to serving. They weren't committed to coming alongside the body of Christ. Hey, even to minister to the body of Christ. Hey, this person's sick. Hey, this person needs their lawn mowed. Hey, this person needs the snow removed. Hey, this, you want to come help me? Oh, oh I don't do that stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-uh. I'm too cool for that, right? <laughs> That's the, the, the group there, right? They're, they're in it for themselves, that's what wolves do. They're not in it for you. They're in it for themselves. And uh, this is huge because people can talk a big talk, but where is their commitment to other believers when really when things matter, when things are get tough, right, uh, and things go wrong? They're, they're in ministry for their own desires, their own passions, their own wants, and their own ways, right? They, they serve self. Uh, and the third way you guys can test the spirits is... By their fruits. By their fruits. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. As Jesus is giving the, the Sermon on the Mount. And he says in Matthew chapter 7. Go to verse 15. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You, you will know them by their fruits. There it is. That's why I said that. <laughs> because the word said that. All right. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, and it's thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So is there a byproduct of lo the love of God in their lives, right? It, Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. That's the love, the love of Christ, right? Is it abounding in their lives? Are those qualities showing? Is there, because uh, love is long-suffering, love is patient, love is kind. Are you seeing those qualities in them, right? So we don't just test them, because I've talked to Mormons before, and they'll agree to anything I say. Wait, you believe in Jesus? Yeah. You believe that he's the son of God? Yeah. You believe that he died on the cross for our sins? Yeah, of course I do. Wait, what? You believe that when we die, we're going to have eternal life with Christ? Yeah. Wait, what? Right? It just, it throws me because their terminology is different from biblical terminology. They have a watered-down version based on man's books, right? And, and so it's, we got to be aware. Sometimes they'll give you everything you want to hear so that they can get you to go to their place and their church and their books, right? And get you to, they're going to get you. That's what they're trying to do. And, and uh, we're, we're not trying to do anything. We just want to be who we are in Christ Jesus and love them, right? And show them, Jesus, let, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and then they'll glorify your Father who is in heaven, which is pretty amazing. Um, so people can talk the talk, but can they walk the walk, right? Are they showing that fruit? So uh, the fourth way we can test the spirits, go back to First John chapter 4 is by their confession of Jesus Christ. Their confession of Jesus Christ. John mentions two things to us in verses 2 to 3. And the first thing is, it involves confessing Jesus come in the flesh. Look at verse 2. It says, By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is of God. So speaking of the incarnation of God, right? Speak that he's 100% God, but he's also 100% man. And so uh, Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 to 8 talks about that. He became man. God became man. He's 100% God. He's 100% man. That's the deity of Christ, right? So he came in the flesh. If people are teaching that, then they are teaching the truth, because that, that's the word of God. And according to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. That, what, here it is. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. But he, was, he, he came to us in flesh. God came in the flesh. 
John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God loves you guys so much so, and me, that he was willing to humble himself. He went to the cross, right? He knew it was coming. He read Isaiah. He understood his life and what, what he was here for. He was tempted in the desert, but he knew the word of God. He knew his purpose was for the redemption of mankind, to redeem mankind back to himself, right? A right standing with himself. And, but he dwelt with us in the flesh. This is part of your salvation. So if you don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh, John would say, well, then you're not even Christian. You're not even a believer. You're not born again if you don't believe that he came in the flesh. So this is a huge, huge issue that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and, and to bring us back in right standing with him in the flesh. Um, so secondly, it involves the contrast. So not confessing Jesus Christ come in the flesh. Notice in verse 3, it says, In every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. There it is. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Those uh, that deny that Jesus Christ that he, he didn't come 100% as God and 100% as man uh, are of the spirit of error, right? Many cults teach this. They have many who follow in their way of error. And uh, they hold the views of really the Gnostics and thinking uh, that they know it all. Really, that's what, if you look, research the Gnostics, it's like, wow, guys, you, you, pair, you, you, you think you got it all going right there for you. But they believed everything tangible, everything touchable, right, was of the flesh and was naturally evil. So if God came in the flesh then therefore it would make him evil and he wouldn't be God anymore, right? So that was their way of thinking. And, and uh, so thus they teach that he came in the spirit and not in the flesh. And you would think the disciples at some point would be like, you know, that's true. I didn't see any footsteps in the sand. <laughs> you know, they would, they would uh, confess that, but they, none of them did. In fact, Jesus even said to Thomas, touch, touch my hands, touch the wounds. And, and they, John was kneeling, you know, they would, they would hang on with each other. It was the Hebrew way of doing things, right? The, the Jewish way. They just hang out with each other, hug each other. And so, obviously, he came in the flesh. And so, um, that's the spirit of air and the spirit of the Antichrist. Notice in verse 3, by the way, uh, go to verse 3. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. So notice what they teach is everything against who Jesus Christ is. And in fact, turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 18. It says, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Look at verse 22. Go down to verse 22. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. You're of the spirit of the Antichrist, if you deny that he didn't come in the flesh, right? And you say, no, he just came in the spirit. I believe in God. Of course I do. I believe in Jesus. Yeah. But they are saying not in the flesh. You see, uh, look at Second John. Go a page over to the right or two. Second uh, John, verse 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So we need to be aware of those who knock on our doors, right? They have the spirit of air, the spirit of the antichrist is upon them. Don't believe them, right? Or welcome them into your home, but rather, what does the Bible say? Test 
the Spirit, right? Test, test it. By how? The word of God. Is it a co- in contradiction in what they're saying to the word of God? Then you know they're of the spirit of error, right? The spirit of the Antichrist, which will come against anything in opposition of anything that is good of the word of God. That's why today there's little things that you look at and you're like, really? You're attacking marriage, right? God meant man for and woman to be together, Adam and Eve. And thus today you have everything else, right? People are falling for even machines and animals. It just gets disgusting because they have a debased mind that God just said, go ahead, you want that? You want to, you want to be away from me? Live your lifestyle, right? That's your, It's choice, right? We all have a choice to follow God or not. And it's a sick world that we're in, but anything and everything that is of God, the enemy, the spirit of the Antichrist is in opposition too. In fact, look at verse, go back to 1 John 4. Look at verse 4 through 6. John is going to amplify this contrast of those of the world and those who are of God. Uh, It says, you are of God, right? Since you have the spirit of truth, you're, you're of God. In fact, later on he says, we are of God. But it says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So since you're of God, you don't have to be fearful of these false teachers, these false prophets, these those of the spirit of the Antichrist. Why? Those who are the spirit of error uh, and those of the spirit of Antichrist, since why? We have Christ in us, right? And and that's why. And question, who is in the uh, 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 who is in the world, right? That we just read. Who is in the world? It's speaking of Satan. Right? Satan, for sure. In fact, he's the owner of this world. When Adam and Eve, when they chose to sin, they forfeited their rights, the title deed, if you will, over to Satan. And so, number one, understand Satan, Lucifer, this guy in Isaiah chapter 14, the I.I.I. guy, right? He is the God of this world, the Bible says. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, whose minds the God of this age, I'm sorry, the God of this age, not the world, uh, the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And so Satan has, he has a war plan against you and I. And, and in fact, he has a final battle plan uh, called the Armageddon, right? Which we know about. Um, and this is the final battle. This is the one he's going to gather millions of people, millions of souls of man. And they're going to be at war. They're going to be in the same spirit of, in the same mindset of. And they're going to go to war with God. And God, there's gonna, they're gone, right? There's going to be a lot of bloodshed at that point. And it's very interesting to me because they'll, they'll be under the spirit of the Antichrist. But according to Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, It says, therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. You see, he will not win, otherwise he would come down to you happy. (laughs) He would be rejoicing, but he's not rejoicing. You're rejoicing. Why is he coming down? When, how is he coming down? He's coming down in wrath, right? Because he's angry, because he knows he's losing. He's, that's, that's his, he's done for, right? And, and he's raging war against you and I. He's not raging war against the world. 
He's raging war against the believers. And according to Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, the Bible says, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Guys, there's a spiritual battle going on right now for your minds and your souls, ultimately. right? And this war is for you, you as a believer who take heed to the word of God, the enemy wants to devour you and he wants to swallow you up. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our, speaking of the believers, our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And, and it goes on. So the enemy, understand, has targeted pastors, teachers, our children's ministry. is He's targeting uh, the church. The church is getting hit like crazy. And you guys, I think of the Corinth church. They got hit with uh, lust and carnality. I think of the, the Galatian church with the, they got hit with the bewitching spirit. According to Galatians uh, chapter 3, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Right? Paul is rebuking them. How dare you? You guys, a bewitching spirit has come upon you. The church of Pergamos got hit with the with false doctrine. Uh, the church of Thyatira, they got hit with teachers who seduced the congregation into uh, fornication. The church of Sardis, what happened to them? They had formality and deadness cast upon them. The church of Laodicea, they had the spirit of uh, uh, lukewarmness and materialism and covetousness which blinded their eyes from following the Lord and you know the leadership of the church is under attack and the early church man they saw shipwrecks they got beaten they got imprisoned you name it they got it right and and Christians you are under attack your marriage is under attack your children are under attack and we're we're under attack like crazy your faith is under attack we are to contend According to the book of Jude, we are to contend for the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. You've been marked by Satan as an enemy, and he's after you because you seek the Lord with all your heart, because you're men and women of prayer. You come before the Lord uh, with humble knees, right? You come and you're, you're shaking before the Lord. You're, you're trembling before the Lord. You're in awe of who God is, right? And, and you're, you're, you're just, you just want to be in the Lord's presence. Satan hates you like crazy. If you don't understand how much hatred the enemy has, you're weak verse, versus the enemy. You got to know your enemy, right? And so um, understand, listen, by the way, for the believer, if you have sin within your heart and, and it's one of those, you know, things that you're just not telling anybody, that will paralyze you in this war. You're going to be paralyzed. You're, there will be no power within you. You're going to be reading the word and there's no, you're not hearing from the Lord. Every time you read, you're going to be like, there's nothing there. I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't understand it. And it's been years. What happened? Well, there's this sin and that sin I haven't told anybody about, right? What does the Bible say? First John 1, 9, confess your sins to one another. And what happens? He's faithful and he's just and he'll forgive you. He'll forgive you of your sins. Sins. Romans 10 9 says the same thing and so it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 even says but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned so you and I we don't need to be afraid of the enemy right because we have the spirit of God living and residing and abiding in us and he's infinitely greater obviously than the created right amen church and if God is for us, who could be against us, right? Not even, he didn't even consider the enemy there. there. Nobody could be against. It's Christ in us, right? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 1, verse 1, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration, and understand this and underline this, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's where it is, guys. We, if we're in sin, there is no power of God within us. We are not enabled by the Spirit unless we, we choose to walk in the Spirit. We rely on the Holy Spirit and His power. And Christ, He's come in our lives. He's changed our lives. Thus, we have power from on high because it's His, it's Him in us, right? And so, secondly, I get excited. Sorry, let me take a breather. Oh. All right. Secondly, let's go back to 1 John, chapter 4. John deals with those of the world, right? Um, Look at verse 5. It says, They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. So how do we know someone is speaking in air? Well, when they speak, the world hears them. Very interesting. They listen to them. They agree with them. And they say, okay, yeah, that sounds logical. That sounds, you know, rational. And I could go with that theory. They, they, they come alongside you with what you're saying. I think of Rob Bell and he's preaching, you know, this, you know, using the Bible. And then even Oprah Winfrey's like, yeah, I love you. Oh, he's like, I love you. And, you know, there's, there's just that embracing the world thing. And I could go on for naming. I don't want to name all these names. You guys get the idea, right? right? If, if the world loves you, they hear you, maybe you're of the world. <laughs> That's what John is saying to us. This is all up in your face tonight. Sorry, guys. It was up in my face, and that's why I'm giving it to you the same way I got it. But it's, it's, uh, it is, it's the word of God. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? It's, it's like, man, Lord, I want, I want that. I want you. I want you to convict me. I want, I want it to be in my face. But this is good stuff. But in 1 John chapter 4, look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 6. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. Notice it added that word, hears us. If we're of the Lord, then the rest of those who are of the Lord, they hear us, right? And he who is not of God does not hear us. And by this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And notice, by the way, in verse 6, the only way we speak the truth is because Jesus is truth and he's dwelling in you and I, right? So there has never been a time, guys, as this, that we are in, just like in Esther, right? We're this for such a time as this. <laughs> We're in a time in, that our faith is being tested, like crazy. And we're living in a time we need to be having leaders that are of the mind of Christ. We're to be having leaders that are humble, right? We're to be those leaders who are following the Lord and make the changes necessary in our lives, right? You guys make the necessary changes. We need to make those changes in our lives. We need to judge and decipher from what is true and what is not true, right? We need to learn what is what are we discerning? We're discerning what does the word of God say. And if we're not discerning what the word of God says, then we're, where are we? We're going to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that comes our way. And it's a scary thing. But cry out to the Lord for your sins. Confess your sins to the Lord. Right? Come before him and honor him in that area. He knows already. You're not fooling him. He sees all things, right? It's not like, Lord, I'm good and perfect, so just be with me tonight. Amen. Thank you for this food. Amen. Right? No, he knows. Give him your heart. Share with him your heart, right? And, and uh, he's going to make a, an, an awesome change in your life. If you're flirting with another man's wife or a wife, if you're flirting with another man's husband, that's adultery. That's sin. Can we just call sin what it is? right? Sin is sin, and you're, 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 uh, you're separating yourself from the Lord, and God is looking for servants who humble themselves, right? He's looking for those who 
would follow him in the spirit of truth, right? Not in the spirit of error. They can't hear God. They can't follow God. They don't even know anything God's saying. That's why I get that from is right here in 1 John chapter 4. And when you choose to follow him, what's going to happen? You're going to be empowered by him. You're going to be enabled by his spirit to access all the gifts and the promises that we have in Christ Jesus. Everything is yours for the taking. If you're abiding in him, you got it all. We got it made. Amen, church? We, we got it made. It's, it's, it's an awesome um, time to be serving the Lord and following the Lord. And I just, I thank the Lord for all that we have. So may we, beloved, like in verse 1, right? May we seek the Lord with all of our hearts and trust him. It's not just a poetic thing. It's a lifestyle thing, right? Let's get going on this, right? And that's, if you got to write it down, I'm going to read the word. I'm going to start praying. I got to set my calendar. I want to just draw close to the Lord in any way, any shape, any form. I just want Jesus. Uh, then I'll, I'm all for it, man. And I want to be your friend if that's the case, right? But we're the church. We work and, and we're moved we're, we're one vehicle, and, and our, our, as a vehicle, as a church, as a body, as a corporate church, we can't do anything unless we're fueling up on the word of God, right? And if we're not fueling up on the word, where are we going in life, right? It's, it just, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to guide us, and he wants to draw you in, not only to convict you of sin and of judgment, but of righteousness, right? To draw near to the Lord. So may we all draw near to him and, and listen to that still small voice, you know, and, and hear from the Lord. I don't want to just read the word for the sake of knowledge. I want, to, I want the word to get in me. <laughs> I want the word to just come alive and, and be real and evident in my life. So let's pray, just speaking of that. If you guys don't mind standing with me, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for tonight, and uh, Lord, I know there's a lot here, and yet it's still so very simple, uh, but yet, Lord, it's a, it's a, it can only come from you, and we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be upon us, Lord, and, and that you would speak to us, Lord, you would open up our ears and our hearts, uh, that we might respond to you, Father, and give you the things that have happened in our past, the things that we've done, the things that we've uh that bring us shame and misery and a burden, Lord, and, and bring us despair. I pray, Lord, that you would take all of that, Lord, that we would just give it over and hand it over and that you would grant us your peace, Lord, um, that we would just trust in you and be still and just know that you're God. And Lord, ask, we ask that you would um, continue to open up our eyes, Lord, to your word. I pray that you would uh, shake us up, Lord, if we're uh, sitting uh, down in our in our walk with you, and we're not going anywhere with you, uh, that we're, if we're wounded out there on the battlefield, Lord, and, and uh, we're calling for help and no one hears us, Lord, we pray that we would be back into right standing with you and making sure that our life is right with you, knowing that the days are short, Lord, and the enemy is raging war against us. Uh, we need you all the more, Father. So come into this place, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.